initiative roll, a Dungeon Master's Guide to Mastering Dungeons. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathaniel Johnson, and welcome to bonus episode number two before we do the live play. Now, for those of you interested, we actually have already recorded the live play. We're just going through and editing it down to something more manageable to listen to. It's about two to three hours right now, closer to three. It's about two hours, 45 minutes, I think, right now. And uh, there's a lot of dead space in there that we just want to cut or, you know, Lots of rule checks and whatnot. And while that is definitely a part of the game, we want to make the experience something that you can actually listen to and enjoy. So with that said, today's episode is, again, another character creation. We got some feedback on our first character creation episode. At least one fan said that they thought it was the best episode we'd ever had. Um, so with that said, today we've got uh, Clay Ellsworth and Quinn King, not in that order, uh, making their characters. Quinn is making his uh, character Ursito, and Clay is making his character who we will call Pete. Um, enjoy! Nathaniel Johnson. And I'm Quinn King. I'm just a player today. Fantastic. Now, Quinn, go ahead and tell us what you're playing today, both race and class. So, we're in the world of Eberron. Mm -hmm. So, that has some unique races. So, the race I am playing today is the Shifter. Okay. And the class is Ranger. Fantastic. Now, for those listening at home, tell us just a tiny bit about the Shifter. So, the Shifter is... Is lycanthrope-esque. Um, it's not um, your your generic werewolf, um, but they're in the world of Eberron. It's said that they're descendants, somewhat lineage-wise, from werewolves and lycanthropes. Um, so they do have more of a wolf or bear-esque tendencies as far as their characteristics go. Um, they generally do better in wood wooded areas and things like that. Perfect. It's a great choice, I think, for a ranger. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and start by rolling your ability scores for that character. And then I've got the shifter traits pulled up for after that. Now you have a choice. Normally you would roll six sets of 4d6. But for the one shot, I'm letting people either do six sets of 5d6 or seven sets of 4d6 and dropping the lowest one. And with, of course, the 5d6, you drop the lowest two of right. each roll. I'm going to go with the five. Okay. And we'll see what happens. All right. Let's do this. Ooh, not a good one. Ooh, even with the five, so that's what, an eight? Eight. Yikes. Uh, Just write it off to the side for now. Okay. That one does look a lot better. What is that? Eight? Thirteen? Thirteen. Definitely better than eight. Yeah. That's twelve? Twelve. Alright, we've got three more. Ooh. 
Is that an 18? That's an 18. There we go. There we go. There we go. And looks like another 12. And another 13. Very nice. Very nice. All right, let's start with that 18. Do you know where you're going to assign that? Um, since I'm a ranger, I'm definitely going to put that in dexterity. Fantastic. And now as a uh, shifter, you automatically get a plus one to dexterity, so that's going to be 19. And then earlier we talked about you doing the sub-race of Wild Hunt. Yep. So that's going to be your wisdom score, which is probably the next one you want as a ranger. So I'm guessing one of those 13s is going to be a 15? Yep, exactly. Perfect. All right, and do you know where you're going to assign the other four scores? Um, I'm going to put a 13 in Constitution. Okay. 12 in Strength. Um, my other 12 in Charisma. And then my Intelligence is going to take the 8. Okay, that's an interesting choice. I kind of like that, though. I really think that's a good choice. Now, let's take a look at your other shifter abilities, because I think these are interesting. Um, let's see. I'm just going to skip over age, size, alignment, speed. I don't think those matter too much for the one-shot. Uh, you have dark vision, so you can see 60 feet in darkness. Yep. Um, and then shifting, which is, of course, the main purpose of taking this class. Not class. Race, for anybody who's wondering. As a bonus action, you can assume a more bestial appearance. This transformation lasts for one minute, until you die, or until you revert to your normal appearance as a bonus action. When you shift, you gain temporary hit points equal to your level plus your constitution modifier, with a minimum of plus one hit points. You also gain additional benefits that depend on your shifter subclass, described below, and then you can only do that once per short or long rest. Yep. Very nice. And then Wild Hunt, you're proficient with the survival skill, so go ahead and mark that in. It's under Wisdom. Hmm. And then uh, you get two other abilities. You get mark, of the, mark the Scent. As a bonus action, you can mark one creature you can see within 10 feet of you until the end of your next long rest. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make to find the marked creature. And you also know the location of that creature if it is within 60 feet of you. Um, and then shifting feature. When shifted, you have advantage on all wisdom checks. Perfect. So that's pretty straightforward. That's exciting. Um, let's go ahead and finish up your skills real quick. So, as a ranger, let me grab the player's handbook. Tiny little copy that a friend made for me at a print shop. Uh, shout out to Shay, hopefully she's listening to this episode. Uh, gotta love the tiny player's handbook. So, it says as a ranger, the skills that you get are either, well, nope, that's the rogue. Let's not give you the wrong stuff. <laughs> it's this way. Okay, there we go. So you get to choose three from those. Animal handling, athletics, insight, investigation, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. Okay. So stealth, I'm going to take. Okay. Um, where are we down here? Uh, right here. Okay. Um, perception. Good call. And then, can I do a double proficient in survival? You cannot be double proficient, just single proficient. Dang it. There's two bubbles there for certain classes do let you be double proficient with certain okay. things. This is not one of them. 
fine then. Jeez, Nathaniel. I know. Um, let's do investigation. Good call. Very good call. Um, and then also your saving throws are strength and dexterity, so go ahead and bubble those in. And then let's move on to your health. You can either take just the standard health, which would be whatever your fifth level. So it would be, uh, what's your constitution bonus? Plus one. Plus one. So it would be um, seven plus, seven times four, 28 plus 10. So that would be 38. Or you can roll that d10 four times and uh, hope for the best. Risk it? No, let's, let's just do the 38. All right, go ahead and write that in in your current hit points or total hit points. All right. Um, <clears throat> so this is my least favorite part of the ranger section because I never know if it's going to actually be useful. Uh, so favorite enemy, you get to take a favorite enemy such as aberrations, beasts, celestials, etc., etc., and you just get all sorts of advantages on them along with terrain. Now I'm going to tell you that your terrain should definitely be urban, okay? Because we're playing in Sharn, right? So I think we'll just assume that. Uh, but then, do you have an idea of what kind of enemy you'd like to be super solid at, at tracking and fighting? I don't. Okay. I don't have a preference there. So, because you're in a city, I'm going to recommend humanoids, which means you get two specific types of humanoids. Okay. Um, so, and humanoids in this case, of course, includes anything like Warforged or, right. or Shifters or anything. Or it even includes goblins if you want to go hunt down shafts with a clay later. <laughs> right. Um, let's do Warforged and then Human. Okay. Warforged and Human. Just go ahead and write that down somewhere that you will remember it. And then whenever you are trying to track them, you have advantage on survival checks as well as on intelligence checks to recall info about them. So, Yeah. Uh, let me see here, and then the next time you gain a favorite enemy is a 6th level, so don't worry about that. Great, fighting style. So, I'm just going to read the four names of the fighting styles. They're archery, defense, dueling, and two-weapon fighting. Does one of those just automatically sound cooler to you? Archery. Great, so you get plus two to bonus to attack rolls when you make, you make with ranged weapons. Speaking of which, let's, uh, let's figure out the bonuses for that. Uh, with your proficiency bonus, which I think is in that top set of boxes that goes from left to right, Yep, I think it's the first one. Uh, go ahead and write plus three, because level five is awesome. Um, and then, what's your dexterity bonus at? It's plus four right plus now. Plus four right now. Ooh, you know what? We will actually come back to that after we look at giving you ability scores, because that might go up to plus five. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and take a quick look at that. Now we've got two options. You can either take two points to ability score, so you could take that 19 to a 20, or a 15 to a 16, or you can take a feat, which sometimes will let you take an ability score increase. Would you like to take a look at the feats before deciding? No, I'm just going to take the 20 in dexterity. Okay, and then what are you going to bump the other score up? Which score are you going to bump up instead, um, or as well? Also the wisdom to a 16. Great choice. Alright. So then, let's go back to your first weapon, which is going to be some sort of longbow. Yeah. I'm not sure yet, but some sort. Uh, go ahead and write it in there. And then the attack bonus on that, uh, I think you'll really appreciate the number here. That's going to be plus 10. Oh, dang. 
That's nice. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Because it's 3 plus 5 plus an additional 2. Yep, so plus 10. Yeah. So you have plus 10 to hit with your bow. Wow, that's awesome. That's going to come in handy. Yeah, that, uh, whew, that sounds awesome. Uh, give me just one second here. Let's look at the next part. Let's take a look at your ranger archetype. So you get to pick between either hunter or beastmaster. Um, beastmaster, of course, is the one that lets you have an animal companion, and then hunter is the one that makes you really good at taking down prey. Yeah. Do you know which one you want to do? So I'm kind of already an animal. Okay. So I'll go with hunter's prey. I like that answer. And then you get to pick either colossus slayer, giant killer, or horde breaker. So I'm going to do Horde Breaker. Fantastic. I think that's a really good choice. And then, of course, at 5th level, you get an extra attack. Um, and you also get uh, Primeval Awareness and Spellcasting. So Primeval Awareness, uh, you can just pick a type of creature and expend a spell slot, and you'll know if they're within a certain distance of you. Okay. You won't know how many there are or where they are, but you'll know if yeah. they're within a certain distance. Uh, could be very useful, by the way, because you're not limited to what type of creature you have to pick to your favorite enemy or anything. Right, exactly. Um, with that said, we're actually basically done with what we're going to record, um, but we've got a few more things we've got to figure out here. One of them, you're a fifth-level adventurer. Theoretically, you would have come across magic items at this point. So we need to figure out what magic items you have, and then we'll go from there. So, let me go ahead and pull out Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and we'll roll you up some magic items. Perfect. Alright, go ahead and roll the percentage dice three times, and we'll pull them off Xanathar's Guide. Alright, so 68. Okay. 43. Very nice. And 79. All right. So those translate to the circlet of blasting, a plus one shield, so it would be worth plus three, and gloves of swimming and climbing. Um, are you interested in the shield at all, or would you rather just pass that one? No, we'll just pass the shield. All right. Will you go ahead and read what the circlet of blasting and the gloves of swimming and climbing do, respectively? Yes. Give me just one second to grab the cards. All right. So the circlet of blasting... While wearing this circlet, you can use an action to cast the um, Scoring Ray spell with it, with it. When you make the spell's attack, you do so with an attack bonus of plus 5. The circlet can't be used in this way again until the next dawn. Hmm. And the, glo the gloves of swimming and climbing. While wearing these gloves, climbing and swimming don't cost you extra movement and you gain plus five bonus to strength athletics checks made it to climb or swim. Those are both pretty good. Yeah. I think, though, I'm going to go with the gloves of swimming and climbing. All right. Sounds great. They make more sense for my adventure. Yeah, they totally do. Uh, one last thing to fill out. Obviously, you've still got your armor class and whatnot to figure out, but we can do that off of the recording. Will you go ahead and roll a ten-sided die? Yes. I think you've got both of them yep. in the tray. All right, that's a nine. Uh, nine times uh, 25 is, help me out with that one. Uh, 225. 225 plus 500. You have 775 gold. Hey, look at that. Um, I don't want to know what you're going to buy, but I'm going to give you the DM's guide, and you'll be able to purchase some stuff out of there that your adventurer would just 
Have. Um, other than that, you'll have to pick your spells as well on your own, because again, I don't want to be appraised for those per se. Uh, the only other thing is armor. Um, so unless you're going to purchase armor during that time, which you may or may not, um, that's going to be leather armor, I'm assuming. So plus five. Um, yeah, this is going to be good armor. Let's see here what it says for your armor class. If I can open up to the armor page, there we go. Uh, so it's going to be 11 plus 5, so 16 armor for somebody who's basically not wearing armor. That's, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, and then we've just got two more things to do that you don't have to write down, um, but you definitely need to think about. Uh, the first is, I don't know if I've told you this, but this is taking place in the old campaign setting that we played in before. Yes, you did. But it takes place 50 years later. Okay. So a lot has changed. Um, a couple of the important things that have changed... There is now a 14th noble house. Oh. And it's the Warforged. Okay. They've gotten a Interesting. So the shifters still don't have their yeah, own Yeah, no, they totally awesome. don't. Um, the minorities were the minorities. <laughs> so how the Warforged got this, they don't have dragon mark tattoos like the other houses do. Okay. What they did is they basically argued and they fought, and they had like a minor revolution inside the city. And they basically said, no, we are the embodiment of magic. We only live because of magic. We deserve to have the same rights and privileges as all of you who benefit off of magic. So they call themselves the House of the Forged. There's the Queen of the Forged who leads them. Um, She frequently wears war paint that looks like dragon mark tattoos. Now, while they've been an officially recognized house for about two years, they're not actually recognized by most of the other houses. Right. Except for scapegoating. If there's ever a problem... They are scapegoated Ah. almost immediately. Awesome. And I'll tell you this much. You you know this right at the beginning of the campaign. There has been a murder of Lady Alaria de Thrani. And um, a lot of the the blame is looking like it's going to go that way. Um, Not all of it. There's a lot of controversy around the murder. She is believed to have been an assassin for the Thrani Elven House. Mm-hmm. And okay. she was killed inside of the Therani Tower. So there's a lot of speculation flying around the city about it. All right. Um, so this is the next question we have to ask. Why are you involved in investigating this high-profile murder? Everyone has to come up with the answer to this question. Okay. Um, now, some options you can have... Uh, you're a shifter, so you can't have any direct ties to any of the houses being accused. Right. Um, but what you can do, you can work for the police. That is a direct option we can give you. Um, you can be a consulting detective, even though that is in no way a real job anywhere in the world. <laughs> um, but you can do that. That's... Are you sure? Because I saw that on Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Just pop your collar like you're cool or something. I did not. Uh, so you can be a consulting detective or you can be a private investigator or some other scenario that you've come up with that you think works so I'm kind of I mean it may or may not work so kind of how we had talked beforehand as to what type of person our characters are going to be mine's more of like a Batman vigilante justice-esque guy so if I feel like someone's being wronged I'm going to step in and do the vigilante thing and kind of figure it out on my own. Okay. And you think that then in this case there's been some sort of wrong? Yes. Great. At least from my point of view. 
Great, I like it. I think that'll do perfectly. Uh, I'd like to congratulate you. This is the shortest character creation session we've done. This is the third one. And uh, that leaves us with just one more. Uh, remember to just get all your spells ready and get any other equipment you need and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, awesome. Um, we'll see you next one. It's time to roll initiative. initiativeroll.blogspot.com and we also have the email address initiativeroll at gmail.com but then as you know we've recently been working on our Instagram and Twitter pages and those are both initiative underscore roll so go ahead and hit us up there um, also we're going to be doing a lot of interesting things with the Twitter coming up soon so keep a close eye on that sometime next week we'll be launching something about uh, future plans on there and we'll be having a poll so we want your input um, with that said, today's episode is going to be dedicated to Quinn King, who you just heard on the show. Uh, Quinn was the first person to DM for me um, uh, after my childhood. So we were working at this job together, I finished my time DMing, and we all knew we were basically going to be going our separate ways as far as work was concerned, um, and we wouldn't be playing regularly together. But none of us were exactly sure when we were going to be separating. So he started running a new campaign for us, and it was set in a Lord of the Rings setting. And it was awesome. It was really fantastic. And what amazed me even more is he did not have consistent access to the books. He'd never read them. He'd never DM'd before. The only time he'd played was under my tenure as a DM. And it went to show me that you really don't need to know the rules perfectly inside and out to DM because he did a fantastic job. So this episode is dedicated to Quinn. This is our final episode of bonus content before we actually get into the real play session. Uh, hopefully it's not a total dumpster fire. I'm looking forward to it after listening to three characters get made, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Clay, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, excellent. Yeah, I'm Clay Ellsworth. Um, You're the player. And I'm the player. All right. So let's go ahead and introduce your character first. Tell us a little bit about them. So, my character is a changeling. Right. Something specific to Eberron. Yes. Um, changelings, for those who are not aware, um, have kind of a fluid appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, can change their their appearance at will. Um, 
anything else you want to say there, or is that... that, that I, that's pretty much that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that the main thing with them. Um, and what is the class you're playing? I am a sorcerer. Of course you are. Are you ever not a sorcerer? Yeah, I played a, a scion once. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and roll up your ability scores for this character. Oh, and remind me their name. Um, I did not pick a name. Oh, okay. Do you have various fake personas for them with names, or just nothing? Um, I'm taking that as a no. Yeah, no, nothing. All right. That's okay. You don't necessarily have to have a name. Uh, typically, changelings do one-syllable names like Bess or Jass or, you know, things like that. Um, let's see, Bin, Cass, Dox, Fi, Harz, Jin, Lam, Mass, Nix, Ot, Pike, Ruse, Sim, Tux, Vil, Yug. So, my changeling was, was recently kind of outcast from the, the village where he grew up. Um, okay. It was, it was a human village. Sure. Um, so, I think I want to pick kind of a human name. Oh, okay. Um, I'll probably go with Pete. Pete, I like it. Just it's still simple, but kind of works. trying to fit into human culture. I like um, that. His persona he's gone by recently is Pete. I really like that. Well, let's go ahead and roll up your ability scores now. I've given everybody else the same opportunity. You can either for this one shot because I think that people should be superheroes for one shots. You can either roll six sets of five d six and drop the lowest two, or you can roll seven sets of 46 and drop the lowest total ability score. Okay. Let's do 5d6. Okay. I like the odds of that better. All right. That's a 15. Not bad for a start. Uh, that's a 10. So that is not phenomenal. But it's, you know, it's not awful. It's not awful. It's a plus zero. Standard. That's uh, an 11. How are you liking those odds? Still like the odds. <laughs> That's a 12. You're just incrementing up by one. I love it. Come on, 13. <laughs> That's another 10. What was that about superheroes? <laughs> I don't know. There we go. That's a 17. There you go. 17. All right. Now, okay. you said you're playing a sorcerer, so uh, charisma, right? 17's my charisma. Absolutely. Um, don't write 17, though, because you are a changeling. It's going to be 19. Oh, excellent. Thank you. And then, typically, it recommends that dexterity is your next highest as a sorcerer, and as a changeling, you can have a plus one to either intelligence or dexterity. So I'd probably have your next highest score, that, uh, that lovely 12. <laughs> I did get a 15. Oh, you did get a 15. I, I did get a 15. That. The first one was 15. And I get a plus one if I do dexterity? Yeah, or intelligence. Okay. Um, so a little bit about my character and the spells that I've chosen. Okay. Um, just real quick. He, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a fighter with magic. Okay. Um, like... Pizzazz, get your attention, and then kind of stab you in the back. Okay, I can get all. So I'm that. I'm all for dexterity. So sixteen, the fifteen plus one. All right. Um, and then just go ahead and sign the rest of those abilities. One thing to keep in mind: we are playing as level five, so you will get the choice later between either an ability score increase of two points to any skill combination or a okay. feat, 
and we will look at the feats if you're interested in a minute. So I'm going to do 10. I'm going to put one of my 10s in strength. Okay. And I think I'm going to put one of my 10s in intelligence. Okay. Um, I'm going to put my 12 in constitution and an 11 in wisdom. Very nice. You have three plus zeros. Yes, I do. Wow. That reminds me of that character I played for uh, Quinn's campaign where I was the, uh, the elf rogue with the uh, plus zeros in almost everything. Do you remember that character? Yeah, I hated that guy. Oh, he was a dick. There's no getting around it. He was a total dick. I loved him as a character, but yeah, no, that, that's all he was. Um, he had respectable depth as a character. He did. It, I, I didn't want him to be a dick without a purpose. But uh, yeah, he was definitely not a nice guy. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and do your health real quick. Okay. So what's your constitution bonus? Plus one. Yes. So you're going to automatically get the just straight seven for the first level, but now you can either have an additional uh, 20 health, or you can roll the six-sided die four times and see how see how the dice treat you. Based on how the dice are treating me, I think I'm going to take the 20. Okay, so that's going to be 27 total, which is really not bad for a sorcerer. No, it's not. Not at all. Not bad at all. So now you get to go ahead and pick a bunch of skills. And I do want you to pick this during the recording. So I don't know if you got the changeling page up on your phone. I do. So you get to pick two of those skills just to start. Let me find them here. I'm looking at the, the D&D Beyond page. Yeah, go ahead and pull that up. So based on kind of my character's background as far as changeling instincts, I think I'm going to take deception okay. as a skill and persuasion. All right, fantastic. And then, of course, as a sorcerer, you also get two skills, and then you get two more skills from whatever background you would have. Let's see. Deception is charisma. There it is. Persuasion is also charisma. I know. So tough to pick. So, I would like to remind you, this is going to be a murder mystery one-shot. So you can, of course, you know, craft your character ever so slightly tweaked towards helping with that. So, like, if you want to take, like, the insight skill, for example, which helps you know people's motivations, that's not a bad choice either. I am still trying to find the skills. There we go. There you go. Sorry about that, guys. It's all this good. This makes for fantastic listening. I know, doesn't it? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and edit some of it in post. Don't you worry. Okay. Good. I have no shame about that. So I am taking Constitution and Charisma as my Pretty saving throws. throws. Right? I get to choose two. I think I'm going to take Deception. Okay. Oh, I already took Deception. There's a Changeling. <laughs> That's good. Then I guess I'm going to go with uh, Arcana and Insight. Okay. And then you get two more as your background. Whatever Pete was doing before he became an adventurer. And they can be any two. 
Normally, okay. we'd have you pick from the background page of the player's handbook, but we're not going to stress that. Just any two will do. I think I'm going to do perception. Okay. As somebody who's just kind of been a loner, sure. like super on guard all the time. I get that. Doesn't want to be discovered. Um, and I think stealth is going to go along with that okay. also. I think that's a good choice as well. Um, let's see here. Now, you do get a sorceress origin. It's either a draconic bloodline or a wild magic. Have you thought about this decision at I all? I have thought about this decision. Um, and as, as the DM, I kind of wanted to run this idea by you, but I think I got bit okay. by a rabid fairy. Okay, so wild magic is what you yes, want Yes, wild okay. magic is, is what I want to go with. Um, a lot of the spells that I picked are very colorful, okay. a lot of illusion, and I, I felt like kind of fairies is what I think of. So, I've... I'm a, I'm a philosophy major, and I've been taking a class called Philosophy of Psychology, and we recently studied something called confabulations. Now, what a confabulation is, simply put, is a false memory that, like an obviously false memory that a person has, that they believe to be true. How do you feel about Pete's memory of being bit by a fairy to be a total confabulation? He remembers it, it's super vivid, it's super clear, it never happened, but it also explains how he has the magic power. Yeah, okay. I can I can be on board with that. Um, I Yeah. It, that works for you? That works for me. Okay. Let's go ahead and go with that. Uh, I've never actually had somebody play a wild magic sorcerer, so I'm not super read up on them. Um, but they've always seemed super fun to me. Like I, I see that table as the whole last page on the sorcerer. So when I cast a spell, basically I roll percentile dice as I understand it. Um, and at a certain at a certain threshold, I will roll that table on the back instead of the spell that I cast. So what it is, let's see. When you choose this origin at first level, your spellcasting can unleash surges of untamed magic. Immediately after you cast a sorcerer spell at first level or higher, the DM can have you roll a d20. If you roll a 1, roll on the wild magic surge table to create a random magical effect. So, okay. So basically, every time you cast a spell, you roll a d20 with it, and if you get a one, <coughs> excuse me, then you get the and something else magical happens. Yeah, uh, for example, your skin turns a vibrant shade of blue, and only a remove curse spell can get rid of that. Or on the other hand, you regain two d10 hit points. So it, there's there's a variety of stuff that can happen. I enjoy the draconic bloodline, but I wanted to shake it up this time. Yeah, no, I so. think that's a good choice. Uh, the other thing that you definitely get is Tides of Chaos. Um, you can... Hmm. Yeah, so what you can do is you can choose to gain advantage on an attack, roll, ability check, or saving throw, just at any point. Then you have to finish a long rest before you use the feature. But once you've done that, at any point that I decide as the DM, I can just have you roll on that wild search table if you've done that. So between the time you do it and between when you take a long rest, I can just be like, oh, hey, will you roll on the wild search table? Okay, excellent. So I think that's uh, real fun. It's a nice trade. Yeah. Um, we'll go ahead and figure out your armor class off of the recording, and we'll figure out a couple of the other like item stuff later. But I want to come to one of the more fun things that we've been doing for this. I figure as a high enough level adventurer, you have been 
you know, you've been collecting gear slowly over time. That's fairly standard. So there are two things you've collected. Uh, gold. So go ahead and roll a d10. And let's see how much gold you've acquired in your adventures. Uh, what's three? Three. So three times 25, 125 plus 500. So 625 gold. So not a, not a bad amount. No, it is not. Um, you'll figure out what to spend that gold on off of the recording and just get it all together because I don't necessarily want to know what you've got. I think it's really fun as the DM not to be prepared with all of the player's information. Okay. Um, so long as they, so long as we're all following the same rules. The other thing though is it's totally reasonable that you have acquired at least one magic item. So we're gonna have you roll three times on a percentile chart and you are gonna find out what you get. So let me pull open the chart. All right, go ahead and roll three times. What's the first number? Four. Okay, again. 72. All right, last time. 89. All right, and those correlate to the Boots of Elven Kind, the, what's the next one? We've got the Necklace of Adaptation, and we've got... The Ever Smoking Bottle. Okay. Go ahead and read each of those out loud, because I don't actually know what they do. Okay, so the Boots of Elven Kind. While you wear these boots, your steps make no sound, regardless of the surface you are moving across. Okay. You also have advantage on dexterity or stealth checks that rely on moving silently. Huh, that's pretty good. That fits fairly well with my background as well. Yeah. The Necklace of Adaptation, which I think is kind of ironic as a changeling. Um, while wearing this necklace, you can breathe normally in any environment, and you have advantage on saving throws against harmful gases and vapors. Okay. Uh, inhaled poisons and the breath weapons of some dragons, huh. such as acid. Cool. Or the ever-smoking bottle. Smoke leaks from this lead-stoppered mouth, from the lead-stoppered mouth of this brass bottle, which weighs one pound. When you use an action to remove the stopper, a cloud of thick smoke pours out of a 60-foot radius from the, bottle, of, from the bottle. The cloud's area is heavily obscured. Each minute the bottle remains open within the cloud, the radius increases by 10 feet until it reaches its maximum feet radius of 120 feet. Huh. The cloud persists as long as the bottle is open. Closing the bottle requires you to speak its command word as an action. Once the bottle is closed, the cloud disperses after 10 minutes. A moderate wind, 11 to 20 miles per hour, can disperse the smoke after one minute. A strong wind can do so after one round. All right. So you get to pick one of those three. Which one do you want? I'm guessing the boots of elven kind, but... I actually am going to take the ever-smoking bottle. Okay. All right. Um, yep. Yep. Okay. I can get on board with that. Um, since you, we know you didn't get any sort of magic item, uh, we can figure out your armor class really quick. Uh, this is just something that everybody's been aware of. They've been aware of every player's armor class and uh, HP beforehand. So let's see. You get... What is that? You don't get armor, I don't think. Nope. I think it's 8 plus my dexterity modifier now. Uh, it is 10 plus 10. dexterity. There so are other things that are 8 plus, but... My armor class is a rock and 13. Ooh. All right. 
Well, we're almost done with everything we're going to do on the cast about making your character. We just have a couple more things to go over that I haven't told you about yet that are unique to this adventure. Now, as you know, we're playing in Eberron, and we're playing in Sharn, City of a Thousand Towers. And it's the same campaign setting that you, Quinn, and I played in back in the day. Um, but it's 50 years later. Quite a few things have changed in that 50 years. The most notable of which is that there are no longer 13 noble houses, but 14. But nobody's developed new dragon mark tattoos and none of the houses have split off. What's happened is the Warforged fought for the rights to have a noble house. They got those rights about two years ago, um, and their argument was essentially, even though we don't have dragon mark tattoos, we are literally made from magic. We have the rights to be on the same footing as you guys. And so while they technically on paper have that same right, that, that is not the reality, but technically they do but they're not treated that way. Um, they are, however, usually kind of the scapegoat the other houses use when something goes wrong. Um, so, background for how this adventure is going to kick off. The lady, Alara di Thrani, the one of the leaders of the Thrani house with the Mark of Shadow as the Dragon Mark tattoo, and most likely an assassin, was murdered. And the Thrani house is starting to accuse people. She was murdered last night. So that brings us to the last question we have about your character. Why are you involved in solving this murder mystery? Because that's going to be important. Everyone else has a reason so far, um, and some of the options can include ideas like the following. You could straight up work for the police. Um, you could be some kind of consulting detective or PI or whatever. Or you could have your own personal motivations that I haven't necessarily thought of yet, but you would need to explain for the purpose of this episode. So I think um, <clears throat> Pete is... He's, he's trying to find his footing in life. Okay. Um, he's trying to find a place that he can call home. Sure. Um, and at this point where he's at, he feels like that takes money. Okay. So he's a mercenary. Okay. Um, I would like it if he were hired. Um, whether it was, I think, by somebody who's being accused. Like, hey, man, like, help okay. us out. Okay. Help us out. Yeah, let me, let me think about that just for a second, but I think I've basically got it. Okay, you haven't been hired by somebody who's being accused. You're hired directly by the Thrani house to make sure that the cops catch the right person. Okay. Not necessarily the murderer, but catch the right person. Oh, I understand. Okay. I thought you might. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I thought that might be pretty clear. Um, they haven't told you, though, unfortunately, who the right person is. The Thrani are immensely frustrating in their cryptic nature. Um, they are known for assassination and entertainment, um, as compared to their sister house, the Fiarlin, who are known for entertainment and espionage. The house had a split a few centuries back, hence 13 houses at the time instead of 12, and now 14, even though there's still only 12 dragon marks. So who are we getting convicted for this murder? Oh, they haven't Do I told know that you. yet? Oh, okay. nope. They're right. frustratingly cryptic. Okay. You, you don't know nearly enough about it. I mean, theoretically, they'd be okay with the right person, but they definitely want to make sure that it's advantageous to them. 
Of course. Um, so with that said, you've just got a few things. Uh, we're going to be playing in just a couple minutes, but you've got a few things left to write down, uh, which we'll do off of the recording. But I guess we'll see you next when it's time to roll initiative. <laughs>